Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your life coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. This just in. As I'm uh, looking in my rearview mirror, I can see Michael Pond. We have a new uh, feature to the studio today. Michael has provided a mirror from his personal collection of hand mirrors that we're using, Michael, for what purpose? So you can see me, so you won't forget about me. I forgot you were here. You? And now I can see you beautifully in my rearview mirror. The only radio show I where the host... I still think you brought that mirror in. Yeah, I took it at... Your own personal well, collection. Yeah. Well, it was by my brush. There's a comb right here, too. <laughs> <laughs> I need a comb. Whenever I have a mirror, I need a comb and some makeup. I am the first... Uh, I am pretty much, I'm going to bet, the only radio show host with a rear view mirror. And I'm not even driving. Hmm. I'm doing it for the people out there. Okay. A, a rear view mirror with rhinestones on it. No, with Mike Pond in it. Okay. Hey Both. there. He's like a rhinestone. <laughs> yeah. He's, He's like a rhinestone, rhinestone cowboy. cowboy. <laughs> Like a rhinestone cowboy. Hey, get that music up. We need that to, to Glenn, go out of the show. Glenn today. Campbell. Yeah, is that Glenn Campbell? Glenn Campbell. Nothing better than Michael Pond in the morning. I can just look at your your cute little face. Actually, the afternoon. Good but. morning, Matt. Afternoon. Hello. And thank you for bringing the mirror and letting us borrow it. We will promise not to break it. And let's not let the morning show touch that mirror. Okay. That's a gold Well, mine. we can hide it. Yeah. Hey, I'm welcome. sure Marcus will need to use it. Yeah, Marcus loves mirrors. <laughs> In the, sh- in the studio. Welcome to the show. Have we got a good one for you today? We're doing this one. The Today's show is for me. You? Yeah. Why? Uh, I kind of need it. Okay. That's what... Are you not good at making friends? I can make them. That's the easy part. I don't keep them. Oh. Because I don't... I don't... I just want to be alone. Is that bad? <laughs> At the end of the day, after talking to four clients or doing and doing a radio show and yes. a drive, the last thing I want is to talk to somebody else. So you don't not even your wife. Yeah, but see, to me, she's the, she's my friend. She's my yes. best friend. She's the only friend I need. Okay. And I'm wondering if I'm weird and strange. So we're going to ask our expert today because I don't need friends. <laughs> Problems of the introvert. It uh-huh. is. Yeah, I am an introvert. See, there you go. And um, but part of it too is I'm I'm tired of talking to people. If I had a dog, that'd be great. I just went to a baseball sure. game the other day, and they had the cutest little dog. And this woman was just holding it. It doesn't talk. It just most is wet. dogs don't. It's a little wet. Yeah. No, this dog doesn't talk at all. This dog doesn't know any English. But it That's just sits good. there. It doesn't speak. It doesn't. In fact, they have to hold it. It's so small it would get squished. I'm, it's like it, Paris Hilton. It's like her dog. Oh. I'm sorry. The, I understand needing companionship and stuff, but I don't understand the, the need for carrying a dog around 24 hours a day. <laughs> I agree. I think that's weird. That's I just do. creepy. Uh-huh. I would buy I a sling. So. If I had a dog like that, I would buy a sling, and I would just put the dog in the sling and just sling him around. Well, they do. I know. Is that what they do? Yeah. It's so called I'd, a purse. It's actually a purse, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't buy a purse. I'd buy a sling. I I don't know. Today, friends, it's important. You know, we know we need friends, and the problem may be, and we'll get into this, social media. We think we have friends. I think I have 37,000 friends on my Facebook page, <laughs> and um, I actually have them, but you know what? I don't think we're friends. Because mm-hmm. they don't call. 
No. I don't, you know, they don't. Do they ever get... ask for a cup of sugar? Or... No. Okay. No. By the way, my wife did just ask for a cup of lemon Sunday. She needed some lemon. Lemon juice? Lemon juice. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She put it on Facebook. I'm like, no one's going to. My wife does that too. Yeah. So some lady I don't understand in, like, Saskatchewan in the neighborhood. like, I got some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be right up. No, we actually have a neighborhood Facebook page. Oh, do you really? Yeah. That we can, that we, yeah. Why? For, for wives to go out and say, do you have any sugar? Do you got cream? Do you got milk? Do you got this? Flour? I'm out. See, that's why you don't need friends because mm-hmm. you have Facebook. Exactly. And I have Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I have all my favorite. I have Zite, which is my favorite kind of magazine aggregator. So I, it, it oh. aggregates all my favorite. Zite. I thought that was some sort of a disease. Yeah. It is <laughs> Zite. I yeah. Zite. You mean penicillin. <laughs> I got Zite. I got me a case of the Zite. <laughs> no, it's an aggregator. It's my favorite app next to Deer Hunter 2014. Ooh. Feels so good. The power of that one little ding. Ding. So, friends, I again, I, I think I actually make them really well, but I don't keep them. Okay. Is that bad? I don't know. We'll, we'll have, I'm not the expert on that. And honestly, I don't miss them. <laughs> so it's like it's not like I'm like, I'm so sad. Okay, but do you have all these people out there that hate you now? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. But I – so I want to know if I'm weird And that's why there. you have to do classes. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm wondering if this is a guy thing. Exactly. I do the classes for me and the people that hate me. Yeah. I, I just wonder if I'm strange. Am I strange? As, and is this a guy thing? Like I don't, I don't want. I mean, I know, I know marriages that are ruined because guy friends, mm-hmm. and they, the guys won't. They always have to go do their buddy trips. And right. I don't want to do that. I've got a family. I don't do that. Yeah. Oh boy. Great. Oh look at her. Jeez. Here comes Jess. You asked if it was a guy thing. There's too many guys in here. I have to speak yeah. up for the yeah. ladies. Yeah. What do you think? I actually noticed the same thing when I got married. Friends. Did it yes. go away? Yeah, I well, like. You're supposed but, to but that, anyways, but is that single friends? Well, no. I guess we have like couple friends, but we do that like. I guess yeah. we, I mean, last week we hung out with, we get on these spurts where we hang out with like two couples in one mm-hmm. week and then yeah. we like don't for a while. That's and then marriage. it's like, anyways, but I think that it's harder to have friends when you're married. I, you, you know what it is? Because you have to find two. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's twice as hard. You have to like both yeah. of the people in That's the couple. Marriage. It's easier when you have a couple, yeah. That's marriage molting. You're yeah. molting your old single friend. You're you're getting rid of like your feathers. You're getting rid of <laughs> You're just getting rid of. Mm-hmm. But I do miss them. Do but you? I'm like you where yeah. I don't do anything about it. But that is <laughs> just like a, I miss them. That's a complaint that the singles have, which is like, oh, sure, she gets married and then yeah. she never talks to us again. Yeah. Yeah. But have the singles tried to talk to her? Oh. Yeah. They all the time no. they post things on Facebook where they're getting together. And one of my other roommates got you married and us. she was with them. Yeah. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, now it's just me. <laughs> yeah, you've been outed. Well, that's the thing that's annoying is, and maybe that's the reason why single people don't ask um, married people to do stuff with them is that, and it's, this is probably only true of engaged couples because they're just like dead to the world. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, they're, yeah. they're it's useless. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Once you're an old married couple like Jess and her husband. It's dead weight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're so experienced in their marriage. Like, <laughs> so long. Wow. <laughs> How long has it been, Jess? Um, it's been three, almost four months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Experience yeah, the shine's gone off of that already. <laughs> yeah, they're, no, they're still way shiny. <laughs> You're good. So you enjoy that time. But you don't oh, need yes. friends because you've got each other. Yeah. In about a year, you're going to need friends. We have friends now, though. I just said we hang out with people. Couples, yeah. Couples? But I, I don't know how you make friends when you're 
married. I mean, you go to the we park. have church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you find you them at church. To, yeah, I, that church is a great we place. We have not made friends in our ward. Haven't you? Well, good. Well, actually, really this will be good for Jess, too, then. <laughs> no, this is exactly for Jess. Yeah. Jess is going to learn how to keep friends, make friends, find friends. All of the above. Oh, yeah. I just, because yeah. I am happy with just me and we'll my see. best friend. So, friends, <laughs> the, again, we're here to help everyone, not just Jess. But there is one lady who says that online friends are the best. Why? Uh, well, here's well, here's the sick re- six reasons she has. Let's hear them. Not sick reasons. Six. Six. Six reasons. Six sick reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn Morrison is her name. I found this article, and she says, six reasons why online friends are the best. I can pick and choose the amazing people I want to keep in my life without mm-hmm. needing to cap them with a 50-mile radius. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I can talk to anybody is, you know, and my broadband gets much better miles per gallon than my Honda does. <laughs> That's true. Let's see. She's three for three. I can talk to my friends anytime I want, hmm. 24 hours a day. If she has a hard time remembering my one-item grocery list, well, so I really appreciate being able to send a little note whenever I think of something funny to say Yeah. at any time. Uh, she can hang out with him in her pajamas. Truth be told, I hang out with my local friends in my PJ sometimes, as it is. Weird. But only with That's online weird. friends can I do it 100% of the time without fearing any repercussions. That's creepy. It is. That's really creepy. But As equally, I look at Mike it, with his pajamas on. <clears throat> I know. <laughs> equally, though, she cannot hang out with her friends mm-hmm. online. See, there's the blessing right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And no one gets upset. You know, yesterday, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was so busy with the kids. I didn't have time to check in on Facebook. Mm. Okay. See, so that's a different kind of friend. Mm -hmm. This isn't the friend that, you know, get over here. I can't breathe. Well, but. And they're not going to run over. Number five, I can tell them anything. Yeah, but. Well, sure, if you want it posted to the world. Mm -hmm. But the cyber wall, she says, is more effective than the screen in the confessional. Wow. With, yeah. by, the, by the way, less faith involved. Well, yeah, of course. But it's incredibly freeing to be able to complain or confess or whine or whatever to a bunch of people who have never, who I've never met and probably never will meet. Okay. See, so this is just – this is a very shallow friendship. Kind of, yeah. So, so we're replacing our profoundly rich friendships where we finish each other's sentences and we make cookies together. See, that's what I'm asking. Do you have real – are these friends. online friends real friends? Well, here's the thing: is a friendship isn't about you, and all the things she mentioned was about her. I get to do this. I get to, Ooh, where it's like Jess. You way should, to pick up on that. Well, you know. Anyways, I just think that friendship should be. You know, it's an opportunity to give to someone else and to help them. Like you said, if someone's yeah. in need of help, wow. it's like I don't have to worry about them. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. right. See, being an old married woman now, she got that wisdom. <laughs> Look at that wisdom. That is just yeah. It's just. Oozing out. Tomorrow's my last day, so I'm just trying to get in as many good advice <laughs> as possible. The day before. You nailed it. Way to bring in your best thought ever. That was amazing. That was really profound. You just solved the problem. Now, let's go to my problem because I don't have friends, which means I don't care about people, which I don't want to serve people either. Yeah, you and this lady would be great friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look her up. What's her name? Again? <laughs> I have got to check her out. Good work, Shawnee. And hey, Jess, well, well done. Thanks. And Mike in the rearview mirror, way to stay, you know, present. He's he's just Working. physically present. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's fun to see him. He's actually getting our guest on the phone right now. That's great. So today the show is all about friends, making friends, keeping friends. You know, taking your friendships deeper. I guess making them last. 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, Andrea Bonnier mm-hmm. is going to be joining us. She uh, She's going to teach us. I mean, for reals, she's going to teach us how to have a friend, how to keep a friend, you know, forever. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about your friendships and uh, how to make a friendship last. And maybe, you know, do you need to? Because now we've got this really incredible thing called Facebook, where you can have all of these friends that you don't even know. But, you know, there seems like there's something missing there. We still might want to focus on the one-on-one relationship, the one-on-one friendship and, uh, you know, having somebody close to you you can see and connect to, somebody that will come to your wedding, not just 900 people that you've never met before. So we thought, who better to talk to about this subject than Andrea Bonnier, who's a licensed clinical psychologist, a professor, a writer. She has uh, been writing the weekly mental health advice column, Baggage Check, in the Washington Post's Express newspaper for over seven years. She blogs for the Huffington Post. Also writes for Psychology Today's Friendship 2.0 blog and serves on the adjunct faculty um, of Georgetown University. She maintains a private practice um, as a counselor and also is the author of The Friendship Fix, The Complete Guide to Choosing, Losing, and Keeping Up with Your Friends. You can find more about that uh, book at thefriendshipfix.com. Andrea, welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. It's good to have you. And we've had you on before a long time ago, so I consider you a friend. (laughs) Thank you. The feeling (laughs) is mutual. Well, it it really is, again, and I brought this up earlier, but am I strange to think that I don't, I don't, my wife is my friend, my kids are my friends. I kind of don't feel a compelling need to go have a ton of friends. Am I yeah. am I an oddball? I mean <laughs> You're not an oddball. Shoot straight. At all. Okay. Yeah. No, in in fact that's very common. I think it's especially common for married men, is quite it? frankly. Okay. It really is. I mean, married men <laughs> they get a lot of their emotional support. There are a lot a lot of their emotional intimacy from their wives. And I think that can be a wonderful thing. But what if it all fell wife. apart now I'm thinking? Wow. Well, that, that is one possible downfall. In fact, the research says that when men's marriages fall apart, they really fare pretty poorly emotionally. Whereas, to be quite honest with you, when women's marriages end, sometimes you see an uptick in, in their <laughs> happiness. That is so <laughs> rude. <laughs> oh. You know, I mean, I think I think it speaks in part to this reason. And, and when your wife is your best friend and you get a lot of your needs met from her, I think that can be a wonderful thing. But sure. I think it's also important to remember that there's a lot to be gained by yeah. having just a couple extra buddies that, you know, maybe you can do activities with them that you wouldn't normally do with your wife. Maybe they have some interests that overlap with yours that don't necessarily overlap with your wife. Or or maybe even, you know, they're just kind of a different personality or they have a different viewpoint, you know, than you're used to. They have a truck. Yeah. Because if they have a truck, then you can... 
use them to, to go get stuff. You need. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my husband has a truck, and let me just say, I think we have a, a second career of helping people I bet. move. Hey, can you help us move? <laughs> That's so sad. You know, it's sad yeah. when the only time you see your friends are when they're moving and they need a truck. Yes, exactly. But he's actually happy to do it. But, but yeah, for guys, you know, it is tough. But I, I think it's important to remember that guys really do see some of the same emotional, psychological benefits from friendship that women do. Sure. It's just that we tend to not talk about that. You know, in our culture, we kind of make fun of guys in friendship. I know. Male bonding yeah. and romance. We, we don't take it seriously. But... A lot of the research is on men as well, and social support and strong friendships for men are really important for mental health. I think um, I I fit that criteria, where I, mm-hmm. I have good friends, and we would go golfing together, and we would do mm-hmm. stuff, but in the end... Um, I do laugh about it, like the male bonding and all of that crazy, you know, kind of the bromance. My bromance yeah. is with my guys here at work. Mm-hmm. We just hang out. Yeah. We laugh. Actually, not very long. We we spend six <laughs> minutes a day trying to bond, and then we just get out of each other's hair. <laughs> hey, talk about how you got into this, Andrea, because it seems like everybody, it's kind of like the topic of communication. Everybody seems yeah. to think they're a pro because they've been doing yeah. it their entire life. Is that the same with <laughs> friends? And And how did you get into the study of friendship? Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, I think all of us might consider ourselves something of a friendship expert in the sense that hopefully we do have friendship and we've learned from experience. But I got into it, um, you know, first as a psychologist, I actually specialized in anxiety disorders and depression and continue to do that. But what I started to see in my practice over time was that, okay, so I'm seeing somebody for depression, I'm seeing somebody for anxiety, and the drama in their friendships or the lack of solid friendships was such at the forefront of what they were struggling with. And, you know, there's kind of a cause and effect. Somebody who's really depressed, sure. most likely it's not going to have good friendships because they're depressed and so they're not really right. keeping up with their friends, you know. But I also think that sometimes it's, it is the lack of social support that can cause some of these issues. And, and I was struck by the fact that this seemed to be so big in my clients' lives, including you know, friendships that were, were bad, so not mm-hmm. just the lack of them, but sure. friendship drama and, and just bad, toxic relationships. And I was so struck by how big this was in so many people's lives. And yet, you know, if you go to the self-help aisle, if you do any kind of reading on relationships, what you normally are going to see over and over again is about dating and marriage and then family relationships. It's almost right. like we, we ignore the friendship piece, but in my experience, in my clinical practice, I discovered, hey, this is huge. And, it does, you know, it doesn't even matter if you're single or married or whatever, what age. This can often be a pretty big thing. So that's what first got me involved in the study of it is, okay, I think this is a pretty big deal, but nobody seems to be talking about right. it very much. It's also, I mean, we all learn to socialize and do, be through our development of a, as being a friend, hanging out with our friends. So we, we learned mm-hmm. a lot of our social skills, or we didn't learn a lot of our social right. skills in those relationships with friendship. You also brought up that sometimes, um, you know, sometimes the friendships aren't very healthy or they're not good for us, so they also bring negative repercussions. How do you define friend? Like, because like, we, we can talk a Facebook friend, or we can talk like yeah. the real friend that just finishes your sentences and you see you haven't talked to him for 10 years and you start up in yeah. the exact same spot. What is a friend? Yeah. 
You know, that's the interesting thing. I think people are allowed to have their own definitions. Some people, I mean, they, they consider that they have two friends. You know, and everyone else would be maybe surprised to hear that. What do you mean? Yeah. You have that one person you work out with. And what about the coworkers you go to happy hours with? And they say, well, those aren't real friends. <laughs> with other people, it's like, oh, yeah, my friend who works at the grocery store that I run into every week when I'm grocery shopping. Yeah. So it really just, it really depends. And um, to me, and, and basically clinically, a friend is someone where there is some sort of emotional intimacy. So that means that you know them well enough that you can reveal yourself a little bit there. They can reveal themselves to you. There is trust, which is really important. So, you know, a friend is not such a superficial relationship that you're not really sure if they're going to be stealing from your purse. Right. You have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> that kind of thing. Keep an eye and on also, them. Yeah, exactly. The reciprocity piece is big. And in, in what I consider a friendship and what the research tends to consider a friendship, there is an element of a balanced relationship where you're doing things for them and they're doing things for you. And it's not just keeping score. You hmm. know, it's not like, yeah. oh, well, I did this, so therefore you owe me a favor, kind of a transactional yeah. business relationship. It's more like, you know what, my friend's going through a terrible time. I'm going to go and bring her some soup, and I might not get anything in return, but maybe if I'm going through a terrible time, some indefinite time in the future, she'd do the same for me. So I think, to me, that's what a friendship is. It's that trust. It's that balance. It's that reciprocity. And and still, people, some people are really private, and some people really, you know, hold it really, really in in a strict definition. And then other people, they, they... would consider that they have 500 friends. It's, yeah. it's really interesting to hear people's perspective. It really it is, and it's it, like you say, it's so personal, and I guess you can't mm-hmm. judge it. It's, um, you know, like you say, intimacy, trust, reciprocity, and a truck. You, you, have, that, you have those four <laughs> things. You have a friend. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm you kidding go. you. Um, again, we're talking right now with Dr. Andrea Bonnier, Um who is the author of the book, The Friendship Fix, The Complete Guide to Choosing, Losing, and Keeping Up with Your Friends. Um, you also point out, I think, a very important point that huh, the relationship with your friends may evolve with mm-hmm. our age. As we get older, we have different needs. We have different you know, lifestyle, different ex- expectations. Talk about the role of a friend as we age. Yeah, you know, it becomes more and more important, that social support, because I think it's easier to be isolated as you age. You know, okay, well, you've got maybe some friends when you have kids, but then your kids leave the nest. So all of a sudden, excuse me, you don't see those friends anymore. Or once you reach retirement, you don't see your colleagues anymore. You get more isolated that way. Or once you may start having health problems as an older person, you might stop being able to see your friends because it's harder to get around. So friendship is super important as we age, but it gets harder and harder. And, And the truth is the good relationships do evolve. So the good relationships are able to withstand some of the life transitions that happen. But sometimes that's hard to find. And and I always caution people that it is okay to have friendships that don't always stand the test of time either. I mean, ideally, you have a few that really, you know, are evolving with you. But sometimes a friendship is just 
a connection of two people at a certain point in time, and then times change and you move on, and that's okay. It doesn't take away the value, but it's those really golden friendships where that history is strong enough to keep you together. I mean, I have a couple friends like this. I barely see them anymore. We don't even communicate that often. Our lives are totally different. But the history is so strong that it's almost like a family relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, decades together is enough that I know that we'll continue to be friends decades into the future. That, you know what? That history is strong. Andrea, that has a title. I don't know if you know it. It's a BFF. It's a best friend forever. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> anyway. true. It's become such a sort of sarcastic It has. Thing. It, it has. Yes. But really, sure. every once in a while, you have the one, right, or the two. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like you're saying, they'll shift, they'll come, they'll go, but... But it is, it is, I think, a really powerful driver and a, a powerful gift. We're talking with Dr. Andrea Bonnier, the author of the book, The Friendship Fix, The Complete Guide to Choosing, Losing, and Keeping Up with Your Friends. We're going to take a break and come back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what kind of friends you, that you do have. Uh, this is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking friends, and we're trying to figure out how to keep them, how to how to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, and when to run. It's a great song. <laughs> we need more music on this show. Uh, today, that is the subject, family or friends and the fix, and how do you fix your friends? So we went to the author that wrote the book, not like you're fixing them. But how do you fix a friendship? How do you fix the relationship between you instead of just trying to fix them? What if we could fix how we interact, how we work? She wrote the book. Her name, Dr. Andrea Bonnier, is our, is our guest today. Uh, Andrea is also a columnist for the Washington Post Express newspaper called Baggage Check is her column. Blogs for Huffington Post. Also writes for Psychology Today's Friendship 2.0 blog is an adjunct faculty member at Georgetown University and the author of The Friendship Fix. Go check out her website, thefriendshipfix.com, or also you can go to drandreabonier.com and get all the great information she's sharing with us. Andrea, welcome back to the show. Thank you. You're really helping us a lot. I, I, I really think... We again, like you said, we you know we focus on marriage, we focus on parenting. Those are two parts of our relationship world that get a lot of attention. Friends, not so much. We kind of, I guess, think, eh, they'll figure it out. Yeah, but, yeah, we do. Well, I appreciate that it's helpful because I do think it's really easy to let this kind of fall by the wayside. You know, you get busy. I, I hear this from mothers a lot. Well, yeah. God. I've got a job, I've got my family, I've got my kids. It's such a luxury to, to go and spend time with friends. I really can't afford that. And, you know, I really try to emphasize to them that it's so important for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is your own personal health. I mean, there are so many positive outcomes of having good friendships in terms of even physical health that you're you're doing a good thing for your family by taking care of yourself. Yeah. And, and you're, you're modeling for your children 
that relationships are important. You know, I would say, okay, if you're not willing to do it for yourself, do it so that your kids will see, hey, here's how to be a good friend. Friendship is important, even if you're a grown-up. It's important to be loyal. It's important to spend time with people that you care about. And that's a wonderful thing to teach your kids. It, it absolutely is. It also seems like, and I know you mentioned it in your book, that um, you know our friends come in many forms, like you mm-hmm. know, and we and I guess we can classify them, um, like you know, you have friends at work, you have friends at church, you have friends in the neighborhood, friends that you went to high school with. Talk talk a little bit about classifying them. I know, I mean, I know you've also talked about mutual classification. I guess that's where we both see we see the friendship the same way. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Why is that? And does that matter? And I mean, because maybe you could have a priority of friends, right? Like a like right. a tier one friend, <laughs> tier two friend. It seems shallow. Yeah, but... you, you could make labels and you could stick them on their forehead yeah. so that they all know you are. You a, you're an A one but... friend. <laughs> but in all seriousness, yeah. I mean, I think it's important to know that no one friendship is going to be the end all be all. It really is not. And that's okay. I mean, you might have someone who's a great motivator for the gym, for instance, and who really is fun to be around and, and lifts your spirits when you see her. But on the other hand, maybe she's a little bit flaky and you can't rely on her to pick you up from surgery. And, right. You know, like, likewise, you might have a friend who's a fantastic listener, and if you ever have really, really bad problems, she's a great sounding board. She gives great advice, good empathy, but on the other hand, she never wants to do anything. Yeah. So you never actually spend any activity time with her, and that's okay, too. And so I think the important thing is so you realize okay, not all of my friends have to serve all of my needs, but you also have to have sort of a rough match in terms of how you're seeing each other. So, for instance, maybe you've got these five or six friends and you've got them kind of ranked a certain way in your head. What's important is that it's sort of reciprocal. So if if one person is considering you their best friend and for you they are, you know, number 17 on (laughs) your list, I find that that's when problems can start because somebody might be really wanting more of your time than you're willing to give. Someone might be feeling competitive or jealous with some of the other friends that you spend time with, or you might, you know, find somebody to be a little bit clingy, or maybe it's you. Maybe you feel kind of sad that this person has time for you once a month because you don't seem to rank with the regular hangout crew and you'd actually want to hang out regularly, but she's got another circle of friends. So, it's important to kind of communicate, be realistic, and know that, you know, if you're looking to be best friends with somebody and, and what that entails in terms of closeness and they can't really offer that, it is really time to look for somebody who can offer that. Okay, that's, that is a great segue. How, okay, let's just say hypothetically that I know somebody that um, runs and engineers my show. Let's, hypothetically, okay. and it's just some guy. Let's just—I don't know—call him James, and um, let's call him JC, CJ. Mm-hmm. And how? Okay, so as an adult, okay, it's one thing to go to the playground and have your mom like set up a friend play date, and okay, mm-hmm. let's try to see if these two like each other, and then they can go play. What do we do as adults to make friends? You know, yeah. you're you're not out. It's just because it's you don't want to. It's creepy. 
to like go. Yeah. Oh, this is my. Just go on Facebook, find all these people. Yeah, this is the one. He's got a boat, and um, he seems to work really well with teams. There you go. Yeah. How do you do it? A lot of questionnaire about their network. That's That's the first step. But yeah, no, it is really hard. It can be very awkward. And I think this single-handedly is the issue that stops people in their tracks and they say, oh, forget it. I'm just going to be content with what I have because it's not worth the effort. Because I will be totally honest, it can be awkward. There is no script for making friends like there is almost for dating because Let's face it, you know, friendship is not a monogamous thing. So there's no, you know, you could have a million friends, you could have none. And so there's not sort of that, okay, they're asking me out and going out with them, then we get in a relationship. There's not that kind of dance. And a lot of people, it's kind of humorous, they'll say, you know, I want to sort of ask this person out (laughs) on a platonic date, but I feel creepy. I feel like a stalker. You know, what do I say? Like, oh, so we've chatted a few times. Do you want to hang out? It can be really awkward, but... (laughs) The first thing to remember is that what really tends to build friendships is proximity. So the more that you see someone, the more you can start to develop a conversation that goes a little deeper. You know, a lot of people just get stuck always in the small talk angle, and they see someone every single week at the gym or at the preschool pickup line or whatever it is, but they're stuck in small talk because they never go any deeper. They never follow up on what was said before. They never ask any questions or reveal anything about themselves. Well, those are all the things that you need to do if you're going to start building a friendship. So instead of just the usual sports and weather talk, you know, ask them something a little bit more personal or reveal something a little bit more personal, reveal something that makes you a little bit vulnerable, even if it's a funny story that you're, you know, slightly embarrassed about, but it might make them laugh, and they might respond in kind. And then, here's the most important part, the next time you talk to them, develop that segue, develop that continuity so that you can dispense with some of the small talk and you can follow up, you know, instead of just, gosh, it's been so hot outside over and yeah. over and over again. Whoa, well, they mentioned hot. about their air conditioner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's, so then you can actually follow in, you know? And it's and it should be natural, and it's not like you need to establish, okay, so um, I guess we're friends? Like, yeah. you, don't need, you don't need to, like, solidify yeah. it. So, I mean, what do I call you? Do I call you, yeah. do I call you Jim, or do I, can I say you're my friend? It's... It's just, yes. the, it's it's such an, because it almost, it does, it like parallels dating in a way without right. some of the obvious formalities and things you need to solidify. So are we dating? It's true. But it's you're just it's friends. It's so true. And yeah. I guess, and I guess it shouldn't be that weird because, you know, we've been doing it our whole lives. Right. But it comes so easily when we have that natural community of school and neighborhood and being a kid and being in college. That's all kind of built-in proximity, whereas adults, we have to build it ourselves. And maybe it'll happen with coworkers, but if it doesn't happen with coworkers, then it's, it's super hard. So, you know, you can also acknowledge the awkwardness. If you want to start actually hanging out, you want to suggest grabbing a drink, you want to suggest getting coffee, you want to suggest going and playing pickup basketball, whatever it might be, you can acknowledge with a laugh, you know, hey, this this sounds strange. I feel like I'm asking you out, but hey, do you want to, you know, go and do this? I mean, the person's probably in the same boat. And the thing is, it is a numbers game at some point. I think the other really important thing to remember is that, 
you just got to keep at it. The first person that you ever dated is probably not who you were going to marry, and that's okay. That's you know, right. Not everybody's going to become a BFF, but people are so fearful of rejection, and so they don't stick their neck out, and then the next thing they know, they don't really have any real friendships. It really is a good point. Um, I'm going to, when we come back, I'd love you to answer a question that James has here. He, James actually uses a pickup line to meet friends, but we just, and you don't have to answer it now, but just after, just think through the break. His line is, hey, uh, what's a guy like you doing in a place like this? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of, that's kind of, anyway. So you think that through. We're, again, talking with Dr. Andrea uh, Bonnier, who's who's trying to edify us and teach us how more effectively to work with our friends, to grow friendships. She's the author of the book, The Friendship Fix. Go check out her website, thefriendshipfix.com. We'll be right back right here. More with The Matt Townsend Show. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count when the dealing's done. Welcome back, everybody. Friends. That's the greatest, you know, that theme right there. In fact, Sean even got the clap down. Except I don't think you got them all in there. Oh, yes, I did. No, you didn't. I got every single one. Oh, listen to that. I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you, yes. Friends. Uh-huh. My favorite sitcoms. It's great. It's, and you know what? Uh, great cast. Oh, yeah. Good times. Sorry, that's that silence. That... It's just the silence. I was just trying to. Th- I was just like just soak I was it just in, soaking it in. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was doing. Hey, uh, welcome back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about friendships and how you keep the friendship alive with Dr. Andrea Bonnier. She's joining us. She's the author of the Friendship Fix: The Complete Guide to Choosing, Losing, and Keeping Up with Your Friends. Again, go check that out at thefriendshipfix.com. Andrea, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Again, one of our great friends. Did, did you love the show, Friends? <laughs> did you love that? I did. Wasn't that great? I, had, I loved that show. I probably know every episode. Do you really? You really love well, that show. Don't test me on it. Okay, we won't. We won't. Because we, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Sean here has, he's memorized the entire, every every show. No, I have the DVD set at home, really? actually. You're yes. addicted. He's addicted. <laughs> Hey, Andrea, here's a question, another one from James. You don't have to answer the last one, um, but he's got great questions, and, and I'm afraid if we don't ask him, they'll never get out there. Uh, he used another line. He, he's big into lines um, with friends and dating and everything, but he had a situation with a friend, that, and it wasn't going well, and, you know, ugh. so he had this meeting with him. He calls it a DTF, Determine the Friendship, a DTF. Meeting. Uh-huh. A lot of people uh-huh. call it a DTR, determine the relationship. This is a DTF. Uh-huh. But he said, look, you know, it's not you. It's me. And, yeah. I mean, I friend you. I'm just not in friend with you. <laughs> okay. So, is A, should we say it that way? Or if if we're struggling in the relationship and we're having friendship issues and we're not in friend with them, mm-hmm. we're not feeling the love, how do we handle that? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. He might be the only guy in the universe that actually has those conversations. But I would oh, I get, no, no, Andrea, I guarantee idea. it. <laughs> I will guarantee you there's not another man on this earth that thinks like James. But here's the thing. He is on the right track. He's totally on the right the, track. Totally. One of the things I talk about in the book is that so many times we hold on to friendships just by guilt, by inertia, you know, by fear. Yeah. And before you know it, we've got a whole closet full of dysfunctional, toxic relationships just because we were too scared to pull the plug. Sure. And, you know, it, it is such a weakness compared to romantic relationships because with romantic relationships, you kind of have to break up if you're eventually yeah. going to move on. Yeah. Right. You know, the person's sort of going to realize that you're no longer in a relationship when you have moved out and returned the engagement ring. But <laughs> with a friendship, that it doesn't work There's that no way. There's no ring. And so people, right. yeah, people kind of hang on to these relationships, and they kind of don't return the calls as much. But then the person's just thinking, oh, well, they're busy, so let me try harder. And then it's this game of hide-and-seek, and they're sort of backing away but not really being assertive about it. And i got to say, you know, a lot of friendship breakups would be made so much easier if people were a little bit more direct. But it's hard. It's yeah. awkward. And, and I do recommend that sort of slow fade at first. But the problem is if that doesn't work, yeah, then people what? aren't on the same page, then you've got to be a little bit more assertive. and. It's tough. It's awkward. It's icky. Nobody wants to do this. I get it. But it it does beat the alternative of things sort of drawing out indefinitely. So you can, you know, you can do it in a note if you want. And you can say something like, you know, you've probably noticed that we haven't been hanging out as much. I'm sorry about that. But to be honest, my life's moving in a different direction now. I don't want you to be left in the lurch, but I just don't feel like I have as much energy to hang out. I'm doing different things now. I will always appreciate the friendship we had, but I wanted to let you know what was going on. And that's good. That's just the respectful thing to do. It's you mature, know, right? To do it. it is. I mean, you owe it to that person if yeah. you've been friends, because I've worked with a lot of people that are just confused and they say, did I do something wrong? Did I offend the person? What happened? Why is this person never calling me back? And at least if you give them something to work with, then they can move on, too. Well, I, and I've heard people say, well, what I'll, I mean, you know, I'll just make their life miserable and then they'll move on. But you know what? Sometimes they don't. <laughs> yes. Sometimes they're like, yes. oh, OK, no, I'll be miserable Sometimes with you. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. yeah the, the sabotage, you know, I'll just make I'll just make them not want to be friends with me anymore. Well, well, that's just wasted energy. I mean, right. come on. Oh, right. How, you know, and why do you want to make yourself look that bad? Why yeah, do you yeah. want to burn that bridge in that particular way? It's really sort of goofy. And look what you're becoming. That. That's the last thing exactly. you want to become is this dysfunctional, vindictive, vengeful, angry board operator. Yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, but this is what people do. Now, I would say there, there are a couple of exceptions. I mean, if you are in a terrible friendship yes. where there really is emotional abuse or if you're trying to get sober and you really need a clean break with yep. people that have been bad for you in those cases i think it's okay to just cut ties no explanation just to you know run yeah cut and I run the ma- the vast majority of cases at least give somebody throw them a bone yeah. you know <laughs> throw them a bone yeah well and, and so they can move on and and everyone can move on yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, exactly. talk talk about are, are there differences 
between that you sense as a professional between how men and women handle their relationships differently? Yeah. I mean, like like my wife has a million friends. When my wife dies, everyone in the world is going to show up. And when I die, unless my, well, they'll all, a million people will show up for my wife. It's just, it's, she, yes. she has these friends that have been around forever and, you know, book clubs, all these things. She's phenomenal. Is that, yeah. is that, is there a difference? There is sort of that difference. And I think it manifests itself in exactly the way that you describe a lot of couples. That's the dynamic that's there. And then you get these awkward situations where, the wife is trying to set up her husband on little play dates with the husbands <laughs> of the other wives. Did you like him? Did you like him? Did you like him? Yeah. I know, it's so true. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I think women do put, typically, they put more of their emotional selves into relationships, and so that tends to have the effect where there is more emotional intimacy, so there's a closeness there. Um, there's an amount of friends, perhaps, that that tends to be a little bit more in women. But, you know, there's also a downside in that. Frankly, I think women could learn a little bit from men in terms of men tend to have friendships that are a little bit more uh, resilient and drama-free in the sense of men. And again, these are broad generalities. Right, but right. research sort of shows this, that um, men are men's friendships can sustain some slights, some offenses, and men are a little bit more able to say, okay, no harm, no foul. Let's yeah, move we're on. good, we're good. Um, yeah, and women's friendships sometimes really, eh, the, the scar is there and it might create some bruising and some drama. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's one way that men kind of have the right idea in that sense. And a lot of people sort of make the analogy of face to face versus shoulder to shoulder friendships. You know, a lot of women. When they get together, they want to really be engaging with each other. They're making eye contact. They're, you know, that's before the whole smartphone thing, which is probably a whole other show. But yeah, totally. They're looking at each other, you know, they're talking to each other. There's a lot of sort of face-to-face. And men in general tend to enjoy maybe doing more activities sure. kind of side-by-side. So you're with, you're with your friends, but you're all watching the game or you're, you know, playing a sport or you're doing an activity. So it's more sort of side-by-side rather than face-to-face. But, but it's okay. I mean, I think that can be a wonderful way. Just that time alone with a friend, it's, it's really important for men. I, I, and it, it really is interesting at the, at the point of marriage where you now need to find partners where we all kind of get along. And that, I mean, think of the pressure that that puts on having to make this relationship work because your wife's best friend Oh, yeah. Her husband would, yeah. you know, and we got to make this work so we can go on cruises together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And think about how hard that is. I mean, That's what are hard. the odds of two people being good in a friendship together, let alone you've got four people That's right. who need to get along? And sometimes, quite frankly, it's just not going to work. I mean, we're all in search of that elusive couple, holy grail, where yeah. everybody likes each other and the women like the women and the men like the men. But quite frankly, it's okay if that doesn't always work out. Sure. Way. You know, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, man's best friend is a dog. <laughs> It, it just like, seems that's easier. Not right. That's right. You just send them to the, you know, go to the garage, go out to your <laughs> kennel. It's um, it's it's a complicated thing, and yet again, I think I think you handle it so well in your book. Again, go, go check out the book, The Friendship Fix: 
The Complete Guide to Choosing, Losing, and Keeping Up with Your Friends. Uh, go to thefriendshipfix.com. Andrea, as we wrap up the show or the segment, talk to me about the one thing we call it. Give us the one thing that is the big thing. The one thing, if you could only say one thing that is the key to friendships yeah. that last, what, what would you say that one thing is? Yeah, I would say prioritize. Let yourself feel like you deserve to spend time with your friends. Realize that it is a health issue, that the more support you have from your friends, the stronger your friendships, actually, the longer you will live, the better your immune system even. You know, some studies have said that having poor quality friendships is the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Really? about that. Holy cow. If you crunch the numbers in terms of mortality and health problems, I mean, isn't that pretty amazing? That is amazing. Poor social support you might as well be smoking. And so I think people don't realize that. You've really got to let yourself say, this is important to my health, and you know what? I'm going to prioritize it, and I'm going to make sure that I keep my friendships in good working repair. Now, that's huge. And, I mean, imagine that you have a really horrible friend and they're a smoker. That's double. (laughs) That would be, that's like doubly bad. Um, Andrea, beautiful job, and well done on the book. Keep Changing lives. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. And again, go check out the book, everybody. Go to her website, drandreabonier.com or thefriendshipfix.com, a book you won't want to pass up. We're going to take a break, of course. And when we come back, we're going to get into parents being your friends. Should your parents be your friends or do they need to stay in the parenting role? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, hour number two. We're on the road, hour number two. Today we're talking friends, keeping the friendships alive. You know, awesome guest, Andrea Bonier. Wow. You know, some people are super smart. You know? Yeah, she was. She's a she's a smarty pants. And and so sweet. Yeah, sweet. She wasn't no. she wasn't like, awkward. Yeah, there's no mean, stereotypical. Like, there's some doctors in this room. <laughs> there's two. There's so. just two doctors. Yes. Narrowing it down. I'm glad that people are finally starting to recognize the fact there are, are in fact two doctors in this room. No, but actually, but let's be real. You are a doctor with a K. <laughs> Spell <Okay>. that out. <laughs> doctor with a K. D O K. T-O-R. So not only do day. not only do I have a degree, I also have an awesome degree. Yes, with a K. Yeah, I hope it was a typo, or you just bought the wrong degree. Yeah, um, maybe. Today we're talking about friendships, and we have a great friend, Jess Littlefield, uh, right here, who's leaving us tomorrow. Yep. Um, Matt said he's not good at keeping friends, so I have no expectation for him. Yep. So we're <laughs> he will have not to, talk to me after I leave. <laughs> uh, I friend you. I'm just not in friend with you. <laughs> oh, okay. I think there's a song <laughs> like that. If not, you should write one. It's, it's yeah. We, I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna write one. Here's the deal, though. <laughs> 
before you leave, you still have to work. And one of the things we asked you to do is to go find out about parents because right. a lot of people way too close to their parents. Well, and they're like best friends. There's such a – there's a line, you know, yeah. and everybody deals with it. You there's can have a best a parent line. forever, a BPF. They're less <laughs> known as the BFF. But the best parent forever, great idea. Best friend parent no, I don't think so. Mike said you can't be friends with your parents. Well, have you met my parents? No. Oh, are you talking about my parents? I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, what? <laughs> she's like, what does Mike know about my parents? No, we were just talking about anybody. Let's look at Mike in the rearview right. mirror. Mike, what did you say He's about my parents? Did you say something about my mom? That's not what I meant at all. You I, said I you don't like my mom? The relationship between a friend and and the parentship is different. A friendship okay, and yeah. a parentship are, are different. Yeah. You, you can't have the same kind of friendship with uh, yeah. a classmate. That you have with with a parent. That's right. all I was saying. Okay. So your parents okay. are great, Matt. Have you your met mother? Uh, <laughs> have no. you met him? They're incredible. I'm excited to hear from your mom. By the way, their kids, unbelievable. I talked to your sister yesterday. Did you? She said, "Thanks for taking care of my Maddie boy." Did Just she, kidding. She, she said, "Thanks for taking care of my brother." Wow. Did, uh, she probably doesn't call you Maddie boy. She doesn't. <laughs> she calls me a lot of stuff, but not Maddie boy. Um, that's great. So you're meeting my family. Yeah, they're all nice. I have people. a feeling we may meet more of them in a show, maybe tomorrow. Huh? I know. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I'm excited to. We'll see. To maybe do that. We'll see. Maybe. Okay. Anyways, about this parent relationship, yeah. there's a lot of studying on it. A lot of people is in, are interested in this subject naturally. Sure. Because. Every parent has to decide what is my relationship going to be, how close, how close is too close. Um, so they've done a lot of studies on it. And um, this is from Gwen Dewar. She has a Ph.D. and she wrote this article on parenting science. Um, so she said that it's if you're buddies with your kid, yeah. it's hard to enforce rules. Sure. If you're too close. No, but, um, but like That makes sense when you're eight, right? But yeah. I know people that are adults that are so best friendish, and I guess it's neat to be good close people mm-hmm. with your parents. That's great, mm-hmm. but they're your parents. That's yeah. your mom. I mean, there's there's a commandment in the Bible <laughs> to honor them. Yeah, there's not a huge commandment to honor your friend as yeah. much as your parents. Parents, they made the top ten. Well, and then it's interesting because, like, when you get married. You you have to leave your parents yeah. and you know and you have to you have to go to be, your honey be just you two and yeah. so that's a different transition that I just went through yeah. and you've healed nicely it's different oh thanks oh my, yep okay so but you're close <laughs> with your mom yeah we're still really good friends it's just a different relationship sure. like Mike said yeah and um she's focused on um, enforcing rules and sharing too much information they found that if you share too much information, sure. the kind that's going to, it's going to stress the kid out Yeah, and they're going to be, they actually found that they're more likely to rebel if, if you are too, if you're um, like too tight with your kids. Yeah. Anyways, really? um, they found that if you're like, they found that they asked a kid as far as permissive, you know, if, mm-hmm. if the parent allows them to do things cause they want to be their friend, that they, they reacted more violently to, to situations. Really? Isn't that interesting? So permissive parents, no, no. That's a no, no. You're the parent role. Mm-hmm. Don't let your children just, I mean, don't think of them as a friend. Think of them, you're their guide on the side. Yeah. Well, and um, it's really important to have good communication, but don't share the things that are going to stress your kid out. Yeah. Um, because they found that 
um, kids who reported sharing secrets, secrets with their parents had higher um, quality relationships and lower rates of delinquency. But if the parent was sharing too much, then oh, yeah. it became stressful. Ooh, so yeah. there is communication there, but you need to be really sure. sensitive at what kind of information you're sharing. Your child can't handle everything you know. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because I do things with my kids and I say, you know, don't tell mom. <laughs> oh, sure. That's yeah. for Mother's Day. Well, no. I mean, like, you know. Oh, really? Got them the ice cream sort of thing. <gasps> really? You know, See, that? your children are going to be delinquents. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. That's mm-hmm. going to stress them out if you should. <laughs> don't tell mom. Don't tell mom Don't about tell the ice mom cream. That we went to this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. so you're, well, yeah. there's that too. <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting thing. Kids can't, like, you know what? I didn't want to tell you this, but dad may lose his job tomorrow. Yeah. Woo. Huh? See, they, they, they need. They don't need to hear that. Kids, like, at a teenage age, kids need a good role where they can talk with someone. Yeah. And if you're pushing, you know, like laying even more stress on them than they're already going oh, yeah. through, it's such a tender age. Well, and if, if they're, that's, you know, divorce or something and you're talking oh, to them about all the nitty gritty details, that's the habit. Way you down. get in a habit where your best friend, that's your children, and it might start with a mom and her teenage daughter. That teenage daughter needs to move on to her husband. And those secrets, all the stories, all the the catharsis that comes from the relationship will be given to mom instead of the husband. Boom, major issues. Yeah. But at the same time, I think you still need to be honest with your kids too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because if – you know, if one of the parents is losing a job or something like that, they need to know about that so they can – Well, some of them do or some of them just might – or. Just couch it a different way. Like, yeah. you know, we need to you slow down because meeting. yeah, jobs are hard to come by yes. and dad's offices may be making changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have noticed like from the switch from being with my parents to being with my spouse is my parents did a really good job at making me feel like everything was okay. You know, everything is yeah. going to be okay. And now I'm with my husband and I'm like, we're not going to be okay. <laughs> we're going to die. Everything's going <laughs> to go die. to ruin because he doesn't do the same thing my parents oh. did where they're like, <laughs> it's the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I think your husband would argue maybe your parents didn't do such a good job. <laughs> yeah, they probably didn't offer it that transition very well. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, I honestly, growing up, I was like, everything is taken care of. And yeah, then when great. I got with my... But yeah, you got so. married young. <laughs> yeah, we're figuring things out still. But that's, so. Honestly, that's that's great advice. Because parents, you have a role. Mm-hmm. You can love your children. So don't don't think that you can't love them and be close and connect and have inside jokes all of that you can have Mm -hmm. you're just not their friend right and i loved she said in another article i read in psychology today um from joanne stern she 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 brought up a really good point where this is a different kind of relationship it's a higher caliber because you can share the knowledge wisdom experience maturity that their friends aren't going to offer so it's a higher caliber and it's also a deeper level because you're not going to get jealous or competitive and so they can share things openly and so it's a different kind of relationship but one that is so important because they need the stability and the wisdom that you can offer it's also one they didn't choose Right. So, yeah, <laughs> you, you are stuck with them. They're, they're choosing all of exactly. these other friends with the parent. They're not choosing it. They're and, stuck with it. Yeah. And with that, they know that you can't leave them. You know, That's right. most what are likely. You gonna do, leave me? Yeah. <laughs> you're just going to kick me out of your yeah. house, which can happen. But, totally. but, you know, for the most part, you're not going to leave them. It's going to be. It's going to be good as far as an open relationship that you can share things that you wouldn't be able to with other people. 
Jess, do you have a good relationship with your mom? I mean, I know you so do. So good. Me and my mom are such good friends, but it's in this yeah. this other way. Well, She's done a good job at well, making and, it a good relationship, yeah. one that's not too weird. Do you, <laughs> like Since you've been married, have you needed to go back to mom and be like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me this and this um, and this? Yeah. Have you, have you cleaned? Have you yeah, like, there was a lot of things that I was like, why didn't you teach me like cooking or like yeah. what? Now it's her fault. No. <laughs> no like, have you had a DTP no, with your par- with your mom? Determining What's that? The, the Determining parent. the parentship. Oh, I haven't. It's like a DTR and a DTF. Yeah, no. I, I have a lot of those. Determine, yeah. I did with yeah. my husband at what yeah. our, my parent relationship yeah. was going to be. <laughs> you know what? Uh, James's parents, when they broke up with him, they said, James, we parent you. We're just not in parent with you. <laughs> <laughs> Mom. All right, James. Poor James. James has been the poster boy today. Yeah, a lot of people not in friendship or in parent yeah, with me. <laughs> but it's not. We love you. You're just not in love with me. I'm just not in love with you. <laughs> Thank you. That's actually good. That's the one Where's good thing that happened on the, the show. The best news of the day. <laughs> From the doctor. That's the checkup. Um, to the other doctor. <laughs> right. Have you, do you feel, and this is personal, you don't have to answer it, you know, I mean, you're leaving tomorrow, but so after tomorrow, we'll make up the answers. Um, <laughs> friendship. Talk about a little bit, just your dating, your life, you're married, but you're not dating anymore. You're married but you have you lost friends? Have you lost your singles? Yeah. Are they are they all mad at you? Do does anybody not talk to you anymore? It's just like walking through muddy water as far as friendship. Is it like a like a swamp of just because it's like so much harder to talk to them. It's so much because yeah. it's so much easier to be like, yeah. do you want to watch The Hobbit tonight? And you know, like <laughs> we can watch a movie yeah. every single night, or well, we now, can play. Right. Now you can default to with the my husband, and so it's like, oh, I guess I could call my roommates. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could do that or I could just do this thing that's a lot easier and I have fun. So See. it's so much harder and I I hope I don't regret it. Once nah. they get married, I'm sure we'll hang out again. You, you <laughs> just won't. kidding, probably not. You're you right. might. No, you kinda of might. You might. But There's a chance. There's one one <laughs> It is harder. It's hard. Well proud of you. Thanks. Remember who you are. Next time. It's Remember it. what you represent. Remember, we're always here for you. But <laughs> you'll need to go through security. Yeah, all right. And I mean that <laughs> in the most the affectionate way. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Jess Littlefield, you rocked it. Well done. She'll be back tomorrow. She's got a big grand finale show tomorrow. The whole show's Jess. And Jess mothers. Littlefield. <laughs> Which oh, is yeah. not we're, the same tomorrow category. We're also talking about mothers as well. Good stuff. Wait. We're going to take a break. What were you saying, Jess? I was just going to say Jess, a mother? What? No, I'm not. I don't know. There might be a big announcement. Okay. Maybe <laughs> a big saying. announcement. It might be the second time she almost had a big announcement, and then nothing happened. <laughs> we'll see. Tomorrow, is Jess expecting? We'll find out. The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Hey, Kim Giles is in the house. She'll be joining us next from Clarity Point Coaching. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. By the way, the Matt Townsend Show, talking about friendship today. Got a great friend in the house. Kim's in the house. Kim Giles from Clarity Point Coaching. She's a guru of all gurus. She's going blonde. Am I supposed to tell people that? A little that? bit for I, summer. Is that? Let's give me a little etiquette on that. Am I supposed to mention a woman's hair color if if they've changed their hair color? Do you mention? Do you point that out? 
as long as it's a compliment, it's I think gorgeous. you're okay. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's fantastic. If you don't like it, don't say anything. You're our second contributor in two days to change their hair color. Really? Yeah. Uh, James I here. I change it up a lot. James, he changed his hair color. It used to be lavender. It used to be lavender. Now we're making him go, what? Is that brunette? I'm not quite sure. Dirty blonde? We call it dirty brunette. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the name on the box. You, uh, but your hair is blonde and it's lovely. Thank you. Kim Giles, though, from Clarity Point Coaching, I'm going to bet no matter what we talk about today, friendship is is the topic in general. Fear is going to come up. And, and how, trust. I don't know how you guess that. Because <laughs> I've read your book. crying out loud. Hey, uh, just a few little points of information about you. Popular life coach, author, speaker, named one of the top 20 advice gurus in the country. Uh, I will also add the solar system. Just cause by the I, Matt Townsend I don't, show. By the Matt Townsend show, because I don't think you get enough credit. Well, I, I appreciate that you elevate... Yeah. My bio every time I come in it's a little fun. bit with more untrue things. But the, only, the only thing I <laughs> can do to be creative is to just embellish a bio. What's wrong with that? I, I'm okay with it. Now, here's the deal that I know about you, Kim. You have a million friends. Everywhere you go, you take an entourage, uh, 10, 20 people. You have people that come in. You're like, uh, Kim will have uh, only green M&Ms, and she wants yeah. her water at 74 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> You know that's not me. That's so nice. And you know you and I are in the same boat because listening yeah. to you earlier, I'm like, oh, that's you totally are? me. But yeah. why, you, I, you, have a, you have a theory why people might be afraid to be our friends. Well, I think that's one of the issues because I've had people tell me I would be scared to go out to dinner with you and your husband because I would think you would be like analyzing us the whole time and wow, yeah. kind of like looking at what's yeah. wrong in our relationship. Figuring out how messed up they are. And yeah. yeah, but and you wouldn't do that. We are so not no. like that. No, you just want to eat dinner. Well, and we're off the clock. Yeah, right. Even I, when I'm I on the clock, I'm not listening. People's problems when yeah. I'm off the clock. But do you, you don't even just you don't just sit there. It's they just think we just think of this all day. Yeah. No. And on honestly, I'm the most non-judgmental person in the world. You are. And I just don't. I don't think that about anybody. Mm-mm. And plus, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Hey, guys, I just after sitting here listening to you for an hour, I just decided that we need to have an intervention. Yeah. And like just start intervening. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no. not who you are. It's no. not. I don't do that. But I don't think people like are afraid too. of me I, I, At the end of the day, after talking to people all day, I've, I'm done, mm-hmm. kind of. And and I'm like you, too. My spouse is my best friend and my kids. Mm-hmm. and. So you just want to go home and be a mom and a friend and, I mean, hang out with your kids and their friends and pick up the carpool and kind of have a normal life. Yeah. But don't you think that's probably why people struggle with friendships in middle age? Because mm-hmm. any free time we yeah. have, we're running kids around. Yeah. I mean, we don't have time to hang out with friends no. like we used to. Right. But I do wish sometimes we had, because uh, there will be an occasional Friday night where we're like, it would be nice to go out to dinner with somebody. Who could we ask? Well, that's it. Wouldn't it be great if you could just like phone a friend? Like you just call a one eight 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 number, <laughs> and all of a sudden you have a friend. Have a friend, and they're like, "Where, where would you like to go to dinner?" And we would just all go to dinner, and they just pretend that they know our bio, they know our background. They're like, <laughs> "How's your aunt? Really How's your friend. aunt Susie?" <laughs> great. Wouldn't that but be great? I do think this is probably a real thing. If you and I are here, there's probably a lot of oh, people sure. in our age bracket. That Maybe it's because like you're an, are you an introvert? Friends. 
Maybe I don't you're an know introvert. if I used to be. I I'm think an there's. I I was I was kind of looking into this topic a little bit, and so I found a couple interesting things. A lot of us, by the time we're middle aged, yeah. man, we've been through some stuff. Oh yeah. And you know, I've been divorced, yeah. and divorce kind of blows apart a lot of your friend oh, groups. Yeah, that's they have They're, to divide. They have to choose. They do, Pick and the rest of them don't know how to right. talk to you the same way because now you're. And you were friends as a couple, uh-huh. and so you lose a lot of friends oh, there. See, that's tragic. And then people who haven't been divorced feel like they don't click with you. Mm-hmm. It just gets oh yeah, you, it gets oh, more you're complicated. Divorced? It totally does. Why do you keep bringing up middle age though? Because my birthday is soon, <laughs> and I don't like that thought. And I'm not afraid of it. Let's not go to fear there. Um, I think just... I'm older than you, so I'm with you. I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. Um, I think I have a year on you. One of I have. <laughs> My age is all on one hand. It's all yeah. within five fingers. So there's a, f- and, the, and the first one's a four. Okay. <laughs> and the second one is a five. So we're the same age. When's well, your birthday? I, I will be 45 um, tomorrow. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's his birthday? I knew it. Is that for real? Because he, li- yes. he tricks us so uh, much. I don't no, really it is. Him. It is I'm confirmed. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 45. I'm going to be 46 in October. So I'm only a little older. But see, I, my midlife, that's not my midlife. My, I will, I'm because I'm living to 98. Yeah. So So I've got a few more years. You got a few more years. (sighs) Yeah. But we have no friends. So what do we do? I don't know if that's good or bad. Back to the friends. So the other thing I was, I, I think a lot of people, have been burned more by the time they get a little bit uh-huh. older. And so they have more trust sure. issues and sure. they're, they hold back from being vulnerable. Yes. I think you're right. on. I there. hear that. I think a lot of people nowadays have walls up mm-hmm. and they're not really opening up to new friendships. Cause that means I got to be more real pain and more yeah. potential pain, more rejection, more problem. I mean, again, that I think you're onto it that like even the divorce comment, you're, you're kind of, you're tattered. You're battered. Yeah, you're beat bruised, up by life. You're beat up. And, then, and then you have friends that like. Oh. So that's why we can't be judges of others' yeah. trauma because you're missing incredible people. Well, the minute you judge them, as, oh, you're oh you you're recovering addict. A lot of our lives have gotten addict. messy. I went I went to lunch. It's been a few years ago with some of my old mm-hmm. old group of friends, and a lot of their lives have been pretty smooth. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like. Hearing them talk about their great marriage that's been together yeah. the whole time and their kids on missions and yeah. well, I got divorced and my kids yeah. didn't go on missions and yeah, yeah. Well, well, you're trying, you're sweet yeah, though, but you're but sweet. You just know. <laughs> I think for a lot of yeah. us, do I want to open up the reality mm-hmm. of my life because making those friendships is going to mean being vulnerable and real, and some can't handle it. And it's it. safer not to go there. That's interesting, and it, it might be because you're of all people, you're one that could probably say it and actually be okay saying it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean they can handle it. That's right. And they have nothing to say. That's they right. Sit there. That's what's weird about the friendship. It's one thing to have like shame yourself mm-hmm. for your own life. But the minute you're now in a part in a relationship where they have shame for you, like, oh, you poor little thing. Yeah, Bless self-pity you. isn't necessarily no. the best basis for a friendship. Mm-hmm. It's kind of – so that, that, that creates a new dynamic. And yeah. you always talk about fear and trust. But the minute you get into fear and trust in a dyad with two people and my actions cause your fears or reinforce your fears and your fears reinforce my fears. It's getting a lot it, more complicated. This is where the friendship – you know, shreds. 
So I was going to get into fear and trust just, just on the level yeah. that if we want to start making friends at this age, we have to be brave enough to be vulnerable yeah. and to own, yeah, my classroom journey through life has been messy. Yeah. And and what I found Not the even more- messy, just- Just normal? Just, well, normal. I think it's normal. normal. I mean, some people Everybody that would judge is. maybe theirs is not normal. It seems messy. Like no, there's no mess to their life. Yeah. But, which doesn't mean there wasn't mess. They may not. Have well, it doesn't mean they're not acknowledged. Maybe it. owning it. That's right. Exactly. Owning it. Yeah. But don't you think yeah. we've got to get to a place where we can just be vulnerable and real uh-huh. about who we are and let the chips fall where they may. And if they don't like me, oh, well, yeah. I'm still the same person. My values are the same. We just didn't click. Yeah. And and the more I've found I've been brave enough to just own my past yeah. because well you could hide just put it out there but it's you it's also made you who you are and your yeah. friends that like that group that you probably haven't seen since high school that group actually needs you and your supposed what'd you call it mess, mess. of a life <laughs> they actually need you more I believe than you may need them yeah because they need to know that. What you've learned. They need, and, well, and without don't you think it, you're it gives empty. them permission yeah. to be real too. Uh-huh. So then they can drop their facade and Love say, it. oh, you know what? It actually makes me feel so much better to totally. know that your kids have struggled yeah. too. I love meeting people whose lives have been messy. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I'm drawn not, not just to them. so you can be like, man, my life's so much better than that. <laughs> no, it's, but I, I do too because there's so much, if they've learned from it, there's so much wisdom, right? There's so much. Yeah, they have so much to offer the world. Now there's some that just keep creating more and more chaos out of their chaos. Well, and I do think in in at our age bracket, we don't have Again, maybe the patience to put up with people who right. bring a lot of drama mm-hmm. yeah. and a lot of that stuff, and so we're a little pickier maybe yeah. too about the people think, we want to be around. I think I think I know. Yeah, well, you know, why why complicate? We're getting old. We could die anytime. We're our, we're forty five. <laughs> for heaven's sake, we're talking with Kim Giles from ClarityPointCoaching.com. dot com. We're going to take a break and come back more with Kim. She's going to give you the uh, fearless friendship talk. I just made that up. You've got yeah, you know, two minutes, minutes to, to make up, up a speech okay. on fearless friendship. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show. Hey, we're talking friendship today. Got a good friend, Kim Giles in the house. She's got a great website, claritypointcoaching.com. Kim is a coach extraordinaire uh, and also the author of the book, Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. And I think um, I'm asking her, her to write another book, Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearless Friendships. Okay, I'm working on it. Would you get on that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know you just got this one out. <laughs> I know you've been busy. It'll take me a few days. Nah, I'll get on, on it. it. Um, friendships, it's just relationship kind of 101, but we expect a lot from our friends. And it's hard to be a friend, except I actually feel like at our age, we might have a clue now. Because I watch my kids with their friends, and they're clueless. Oh, it's What they a think disaster. a friendship is like. It's the just drama crazy. Yeah. and that, yeah, oh, yeah. 
Really? What do you Friendships think? Friendships when, when we're young, we're, they're, they don't see things accurately. They overreact to stuff. The, yeah. Just the drama and the getting offended uh-huh. by so-and-so. Stacy hurt said. my feelings. Yeah, we both have teenagers, so we, yeah. oh my gosh, the friends are in and out all the time. We had some neighbors that are taking uh, our son, not neighbors, but friends of our son, they're, they're taking about 20 boys, I believe, to Lake Powell, which the whole time in my head, I'm like, why? Like, why? <laughs> why? I mean, I get taking your son and his friend, but why? Why would you take 20 of their friends at age 14, 20 14-year-olds or more maybe? Wow. And I'm thinking that's going to be exciting. But you know what? Time. They're they're doing it. So I I salute their bravery. Well, I, Can I just well, say Well, it makes you wonder. Like <laughs> what are they thinking? Like it's a big deal. I wouldn't do that. But those are good. Those are parents that support friendships. I guess I don't. You got to salute them. Um that's great. Would, but you wouldn't do that. You would do that. I... You, you salute it. I admire their bravery. I don't know if I would take that on. Courageous. Yeah. It might be better to just go to war. (laughs) If if you have bravery, go to war. Yeah. Especially 14-year-olds, if they're going to have fire or Uh anything. Cliffs, water, water sports, speedboats. Brain cells aren't all fully functioning uh -uh. at 14. I know. I made my my kid was livid because I said, you're not going to water ski or Lake Powell unless you're wearing a helmet. So I made him take a helmet. And he has to wear a helmet. I said, I want you to wear a helmet the entire time you're there. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> but I'm here today, so I don't know. I don't know but if he actually took the helmet with him. But I'll be mad if he didn't. But I won't see him for a week, so. Yeah. Whatever. Well, you won't see him for a week. That's why I don't think the helmet will go on. But we'll, Darn it. we'll see. Talk about uh, you, you have a, a little theory going here that maybe at our age, our young age, our young middle age, Yes, that's good. Let's, we're let's we're young middle age. We're young middle age. Okay. Yeah. I'm all right with that. I'm going to be young old age, too. <laughs> I am, too. I'm going to be young everything. <laughs> young middle age that we might have maybe an advantage. Maybe we've got, we've got the savvy. We're smart people now. We're getting it. We've been beat up enough that we can we're good we could be a good friend. I do think I am more capable of being a better friend now than I've ever been mm-hmm. in my life because as I grow, I'm getting a little yeah. wiser. Why, a lot wiser. I'm getting a lot more secure about myself and who I am. Yep. And and don't you think a lot of the drama in a lot of friendships when we're younger comes from the fact that we're all just so insecure? Oh, yeah. yeah. We are so insecure yeah. that are largely we're wanting friends around us who validate us. Right. We want attention from them. And so our friendships are really about getting what yes. we need from people. We're like, yeah, we're big sponges, like trying to suck it out of everybody. Instead yeah, of possessing it ourselves. I think we chose ourselves. our friends by who made us feel good and important. Uh-huh. Oh, which is maybe why we may have fallen to bad friends. If you're not having a good sense of self, a good identity for who you are, you might go to friends that maybe support Anybody that. Anybody that makes you feel good. But don't you sometimes wonder, though, that really a lot of adults are just grown-up teenagers? Well, that's true. And some of us, that's still part of our problem is our fear and insecurity yeah. gets in the way of us being vulnerable and putting ourselves out to meet people. Um, I, I live in a neighborhood right now that is growing just insane. I think we had 70 new people in the last two weeks move into our neighborhood. Did you really? And so it's really hard to make wow. friends and know people because it's just changing yeah. all the time. You can't even keep up with it. Do you, you need never name know. tags? Really? Every, Try name tags. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but 
here as an adult, I should be confident enough to reach out and get to know people more than ever before. So we're not all sitting there like at a junior high dance hoping someone will talk to us. But I, I find myself doing the same thing. And and I even know I might even know they know me. I I already may know they know me. Chances are pretty good they know but you. But I still won't go talk to them. Isn't that weird? Uh, let's talk that about that. We still that. do that because I'm still afraid to go uh, initiate it. And and also and I'm what af- are we afraid of? I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. Are we afraid it'll be awkward? And so it's just safer yeah. not to. Well, and sometimes I think, am I just injecting myself into their life like they want to? Like they may not want to meet me. <laughs> if they wanted to, they'd come talk to you. Because I'm also thinking, if I went, if I was one of those 70 people that moved into your neighborhood, I may not want to go meet a bunch of people. I might not. So if I don't, then I'm thinking, man, am I just injecting myself into you? Now you got to deal with me. I don't okay. Know. So then, what you're telling me, though, is it's it. still kind of your fear of what they're going to think of yeah, you totally. or of making them uncomfortable. Yeah, and I don't want to make them uncomfortable. And all of a sudden they're like, who's that guy and why is he in my face? All Maybe right. it's the way so I the introduce first thing myself, with though. fearless friendship, if yeah. we're going to go there, let's write the book right here. Is if we can't be brave enough to put ourselves out there, we're dead in the water right there. You're not going to have a friend. Yeah, you will be. That would be a friendless friendship. I would assume most people are going to be open to you being friendly and reaching out because yeah. most of us are open to friendships. We're just too scared to do anything about it ourselves. Sure. Especially if so you're new just in like the situation, you. that they would probably be like, oh, "How nice of you to introduce yourself." I think you're pretty safe betting that most people would be open to meet you. That's cool. If you reach out, don't you think? I think you're right. And especially if you bring cookies. Sure. I mean, who doesn't want a <laughs> who cookie? Who doesn't want cookies? <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't want to make a cookie, just so, bring a smile. One of my favorite authors, and I'm sure you've read some of her stuff, is Brene Brown. Oh, yes. I love the whole Daring Greatly. Yeah. If anybody hasn't read her book, Daring Greatly, it's wonderful. Come out from under the rock and read Brene Brown. She's the bomb yes. right now. Well, and and this is exactly what we're talking about, though, being vulnerable to be daring enough to put yeah. yourself out and go talk to people and take a risk. Yep. Because all the best things in life happen when we take a risk. Yeah. And the bottom line is, even if these people did think that you were awfully presuming that yeah. they would want to be friends right. with Matt Townsend, yeah. and they did judge you for <laughs> and it. they're like, who are you? Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, you're still the same you. That doesn't yeah. really diminish you in any way. That's true. Even if they don't like you. Plus, no one would know, but just the four of us. Yeah. Or whatever. But No I, one cares. No one cares. I would hope as I'm getting a little older, not old, you keep bringing but that wiser as I, as I age yeah, a little, wiser. As wiser a little bit. As, as you're getting wiser. Yeah, I'm getting wiser. That I realize that my value doesn't change based on what anyone thinks of me. And yeah. so I am getting braver yeah. than I think I used to be. I think you are. I'll reach out. Well, that's why That's why sometimes people think like the, like a really old generation, they're just very blunt, they're direct. Maybe that's what you're getting. Yeah, you're getting I think blunt, they've gotten past, well, you're saying I'm getting old. <laughs> you're turning into that person that's like, into you're turning into the 90-year-old that's like, what's for dinner? That just yells, I don't want this. That's, you're turning into that. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, you're not. But I think you're right on. We, you should you, – that might be a really good sign that you're getting healthier in your fears mm-hmm. when you're confronting them and actually intentionally taking them on. Why am I not going to go introduce myself to these people? Especially if – like a lot of times I'll feel even a prompting or something that says, go meet them. Yeah. And then I have this battle like, oh. Ah. But the voice of fear in yes. your head says don't. It's safer not to. So that's an indicator probably that we're getting healthier. 
We, and, yeah. we need, and if we're not in that stage where we're willing to step out into the fear zone. Then they need to read my book. Yes. And they need to work on getting past their fear that they're not good enough so that they become right. so secure and, and good with who they are That's that right. they don't worry about that anymore. See? That's I, the answer. I knew you'd have an answer. <laughs> How did so, you meet your husband? Really? How did we get to that question? Well, because I'm sitting here thinking, as a divorcee, that must be really hard to then say, I'm going to go risk again and date another guy that could mess my life up. Oh, yeah. It's a little scary to put yourself out there again. You want to just teach us how you did it? Because there's some people out there like, forget friendships. I want a husband. Okay. If we want to go there. Um, That'd be cool. For a while, I didn't. You were afraid. Yeah. And especially, you know, my church does a lot of singles activities yeah. and for a few years being single i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't, wouldn't touch go those to with anything yeah <laughs> there was no way i was going there <laughs> um and after a while i come i came around You're to like, being yeah. secure enough with myself to take a risk That's cool. and put myself out there and so i actually met him at a church church event. singles church. activity did he it um, does happen did, was it a dance it's possible. was it a dance no, I didn't. I didn't do well with the dances. Yeah, the dances are weird. They they're scary. It's creepy. A little, yeah. kind of. It was a actually a Fourth of July fireworks activity. There you go. So you had fireworks right when you saw him. Well, not exactly. He came on a date with someone else, and so oh. we met, but didn't really. Yeah. So did, it, did you, it took a little while after that. When when you met him, like, were you like, mm-hmm, he'll be mine in about a week? <laughs> no, he had that experience, and I kind of Did went, he know? Mm-hmm. He knew he liked you. He did from the first day. But you were working I it. saw him with this other girl, so I didn't pay him any yeah. attention, to you be thought, honest. Well, yeah. he, he wasn't really even on my radar. No, because he was with someone. But he's like... So Sunday, he Kim started like mine. stalking a little bit, finding mm-hmm. out if I was going to be at things. And he he came to another yeah. activity that I was at, and I started talking to him, and we realized, you know, we have a lot in common, actually. How? Oh my heavens! Yeah, that's cute. It was the best day ever. You know what we're going to do? Um, we're going to have you on again, of course, every couple of weeks, and next time you can talk about your first kiss. <laughs> oh great! <laughs> I'm trying well, to find sure your fear. Make sure he tunes in that way. <laughs> <week. laughs> He's gonna love that. He's gonna love that. Just say, "Hey, on the Matt Townsend show, we want to talk about our first kiss, and we'd like both sides of the story." Of the story, okay. People we'll bring him on the air. They probably would. You, how we'll you advertise fear. ahead for that one. Yeah. Okay. You chose clarity. All right. So we got way off track totally of our friend's topic here. Give us. Um, we'll, we'll take just like two minutes. Here's what I want to know. You, okay. you tell me, what do we need to know? What's the key for those of us that are afraid to friend people? What, would you, what, would, what advice? What's the one thing or what, anything, the one thing that you think we need to all know when it comes to love, overcoming fear, love, overcoming trust? Boom. Go. Okay. And so, don't bring up kissing your husband. Yeah, I won't. But, um, <laughs> bottom line the thing that holds us back from all relationships and reaching out and connecting with people is our own fears about ourselves. Yeah. So we get over those by getting in trust about our value, which we talk about a lot on the show, knowing that your value is the same no matter what anybody thinks, says, right. or does. You're good. It stays You're the awesome. Same. You're gold. You're good all the time. But I think the key to friendship is getting outside of yourself. You can't do that until you overcome your fear and insecurity yeah. and start thinking about other people. So- 
I found the best thing you can do everywhere you go is be interested in other people. Ask a lot of questions and get, you know, give them a chance to talk. And and that's the best way to connect get into with them. people. Well, and, Focus on them. And what's amazing is they'll lead with it because they want to know. They want to be known. They want to share their side. Most people really do yeah. kind of like to talk about themselves yeah. especially so when you if, give yeah. them a chance. And especially if you seem to care. Yeah. If you're really interested. You have to really care. You can't fake it. No, they'll feel it, that. That's fake, friends. That's another book. Yeah. But when your fear is out of the way, you can actually genuinely care about uh-huh. other people and showing up for them. And when people feel that, they respond. Well, you're serving sure. them. That's what that is. That's really all this is about, really, is you're not here to just be served. You're not, that's not a good friend. No. You're here to serve. That's easy. Yeah. Is that how you landed your man? Probably. I would you imagine did. that first day I, I probably did ask a lot of questions. Tell me about you. Yep. <laughs> I bet you did. And then you it bat. works well yeah. on a date. You're good. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I had somebody the other day who went on a date and said the guy talked about himself the whole time. He did mm, not ask I one know. thing about See? me. Red flags. Yeah. That's never going to be. I've been be, telling James not, not to do happen. that anymore. But he still does it. Were you talking about Ask James? Ask about girls. But they want they want to hear about me, though, I mean, I assume. Yeah, so. well, they asked. Yeah. So I went two hours. <laughs> well, let me start with day one. Day one. I was, I was born. <laughs> on de- 20th of December. Oh, my heavens. Good uh, job, we're gonna Kimberly. We're going to have to line him up with someone. Kim, yep. Kimberly Giles, that's her name. Clarity Point Coaching is her game. She's a writer, author, blogger. You've done it all. And she's a blonde. This week. This week, she's a blonde. <laughs> Next week, who knows? Well done. Hey, uh, we're going to have uh, take a break. And when we come back, what makes friends? Maddie and Mike are going to help us with that. And also, remember, two weeks from now, Kim Giles will be joining us talking about her first kiss with her husband. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We've moved our own Michael Pond from the fish pond, from the fish bowl into the actual studio. Mike, welcome to the studio. Man, it feels fresher in here. The air is a little bit less uh, smelly. Yes, yeah, uh, you know what? Actually, I think it probably is smelly in here. Yeah, I've been sweating like crazy. Kim makes me nervous. Well, with oh, that you beautiful blame face, it on too me. Yeah, uh, Kim doesn't make me nervous. That looks really good, by the way, on you. I love that color. Thank you. You're talking about her hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. You Blondes look, I think you, look, fun, you so look 20 years younger. I'm giving it a shot. Are you really? <laughs> you did it. You did it. You, I, I'm tomorrow, I'm going to get my hair done. Oh. What do you what I'd you like to, to see a blonde Matt Townsend. Blonde? Red. Redhead? You I, haven't, redhead. I haven't decided. You could Fire just color Matt. the gray that you're getting because you're getting old. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> little Grecian formula, maybe? Did you Since hear that? Since it's your birthday. That'd be a good Tomorrow's thing to do birthday. for your birthday. Um. Get your hair colored. You brought up my gray? <laughs> Zing. Zinger. Gotcha. Oh, well. It is gray. A little. I got a little gray. You see my back. I do, too, which is why I went blonde, because it covers my gray better. Does I'll it admit, really? it really does. You should it, do that. It colors your, I should it covers go, your gray. You should. <laughs> we, we could I set up a fund. Oh, that would be so bad. Now, these are true friends talking, because hey. if you can talk about gray hair. Yeah, totally. Sean, yeah. will you go ask Don if he has some money to pay for me to get my hair dyed? Don left. Dog, gone it. Too late. Uh, I was about, I was going to do it, it, but we don't have the funds. Um, oh, well. 
Well, maybe we'll do it on the kissing show. Okay, I'll discuss kissing if you get your hair dyed blonde. There's a deal. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Michael Pond, uh, you, you've put together um, – was Maddie involved in this? Uh, you, didn't, you excluded her. Uh, yeah. There's lots, there's lots of different friends, right? Okay. Let, let, yeah, there's, there's lots of different types of friends, you know, but what, what does it mean to be a good friend? What do you guys think it means to be a, a good friend to somebody? You bring caramel corn. You're loyal. Loyal. You're there when they need you. You're there when you you have a truck. You know, there was a study done on uh, BYU campus about two years ago that said that uh, your your odds of survival improve by 50% when you have friends. And when you don't have friends, uh, that's equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day or Mm -hmm. not exercising. Seriously. It's twice as harmful as obesity. Ah, jeez. Kim and I are looking at each other like, we're dead. We're in trouble. We are so dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know what? They also found out. We found. We figured this out earlier. If your friend, if you have friends, um, and they smoke in front of you, what are the odds there, Mike? Uh, it's bad. Yeah, it's downhill not looking fast. good. It's secondhand smoke. Don't uh, even ask what thirdhand smoke is because that's also a killer. Well, there's a lot of different things uh, that we attribute to to being a good friend. You know, being loyal and not being afraid to to tell each other the truth and and. You know, being there and trying to uh, improve someone else's life with your friendship. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a few quotes here. You've improved our life. Have I really, Matt? That, no, you thank have. you. That's For the real. nicest thing you've ever said to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I got to try harder. Because you're, you're a great friend. One everyone thing, likes you. Yeah. Well, really? Mm-hmm. No, oh, everyone talks okay. about you right when you leave. You know, I think uh, one thing that's critical in, in being a good friend is being genuinely happy uh, when when one uh, someone else gets uh, or achieves something else. You tr- that, that that's you, a sign, yeah. huh? Because some people are like, "Oh, wow, you got that job." You jealousy make that money? Yeah. kicks in, and yeah, that's not a, a good, good friend. friend. Isn't jealous? A good mm-hmm. friend is happy for you. A good friend gets you the job. Yeah, good friend helps you. Now, that's there's cool. a, there's also some things that that good, like someone. Uh, that's not a good friend does. They lie to you. They bully you. They discourage you. Uh, they hold a grudge. They borrow like your that. stuff and never bring it back. Uh, I was talking to Jess earlier. What do you guys think about sarcasm in a friendship? I use it every day. <laughs> it's the greatest thing. <laughs> Come here. But then again, I don't have any friends. I yeah. That was also I think sarcastic, it's not a good I think, thing, wasn't it? No, that was real. <laughs> was that I'm being real. So you can't even tell when I'm sarcastic because I am always sarcastic. <laughs> But I, I think it's the greatest thing for friendship. If I had one, I would use it. <laughs> if I had a friend, I would use sarcasm right now. I hate sarcasm in a friendship because I – exactly for that reason. Because I'm like, wait, are they serious? Am I – wait, what? Yes, what I think saying? it makes people scared. Yeah, and you're like – not you're, feel safe with yeah. you. And then they can't really yeah. trust you because they don't know if you're just going to be like – Like and making a joke. I think sarcasm is a way to say something without saying anything. Because there's usually <laughs> truth in it. Yeah. But Sometimes, you don't yeah. have to fess yeah. up to it because you're being sarcastic. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Oh, I meant it. Okay. Now, see, look. See, so <laughs> We cannot be friends. <laughs> see, I, now I'm sad just because kidding. we can't be friends. No, we can be friends. I just won't be sarcastic. I was being sarcastic. So was that sarcastic? <laughs> just kidding. Tomorrow's our last day. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, you're out of here. Um, we won't even worry about Anyways, you. Anyways, that's my little spiel on sarcasm. But, We're see, friends, Matt, by the way. Thank you. For another day, and then you will forget about I me. I will never forget about you. Every time I drive by Grantsville, Utah, that little bedroom community. Once in a year. Right by that gets the lake smell. Yep. Every time I drive by Grantsville, I'm going to think of you. Thanks.
That's that's enough. That's all I'm asking for. And then for. <laughs> I, I heard, too, you're going to name, because I'm one of your best friends, you're going to name your child after me. Who told you that? Your husband. Oh, Dallin called you? Dallin called me. Yeah, I need to talk to Dallin about that kind of stuff. By the way, do you have an announcement to make? <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow's the big announcement. <gasps> oh, my heavens. Were you here last time, Kim, when she almost made an announcement? No. Well, she actually announced it's the weirdest thing. She announced she's not expecting a baby. <laughs> That's she a big announcement. Like, a lot of people just don't announce it if, at all. They don't say anything because then, then that means they're not. They it only announce it when they Fools. are. Oh. And I think it was a joke. Matt was like. He was sarcastic. Oh, yeah. I was I, being sarcastic. And I never know. I never know about your sarcasm. Well, right there. That's why you're not going to be friends. <laughs> I have a feeling it's Unless over. Unless you drive by Grantsville. <laughs> it's so sad. I feel sad now because I thought we were friends. That's two shows in a row that I just ruined at the end. Did you I know that? Yesterday heavy. I said your life is a joke. You're and today heavy. I said we're not friends. <laughs> so it's our last day tomorrow. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give you, on to give you one, one visit to Kim to straighten you Oh, out. good. The doctor. All right. Oh, we'll set up an appointment. Look at this. We have three doctors in the room. Well, we have, well. I get nervous. Kim, Kim, of all people, is really the doctor of love, not fear. And James thinks he's the doctor of love. And they're all giving me the wraps. We're getting the wrap it up signal. Here's a quote for you. Hey, thanks again, Kim. You're You're welcome. Way to be here. And keep rocking the blonde. Looks great. Ultimately, here's the quote. Oscar Wilde said, ultimately, the bond of all companionship whether in marriage or in friendship, is conversation. So true. Especially a trusting, loving, caring conversation. Well done, everybody. On tomorrow's show, our Mother's Day tribute. Boom, we're bringing out the guns. Loving our moms. Jenny Layton will join us and talk about moms. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Join us again tomorrow. Talking about our mommies right here on BYU Radio. BYU Radio.